This is a really special day for us. It's Vision Builder Sunday, as we've said. It's the day where we come together as a whole church and we bring our commitments for the next 12 months. And it's really exciting that we can do it together on a Sunday. Yes. Um, and the first thing we want to do is thank you all for your generosity that you've expressed over a lot, some of you, so many years. And who knows, it's not always in ideal circumstances. Yeah. As soon as you pledge to actually do something for God, things seem to get in the way. Um, but it's great that you've listened to God. It's great that people have listened to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And as pastors of this church, can I just say that we are so grateful. Your love and commitment yeah. to the people around you, to this house, to the local community, and, and even beyond that, is actually really precious. And uh, it just goes to show that as when we operate together as a group, we can achieve so much more than we can as individuals. Our heart, and we keep saying it, and I know that you're sick of it, it's not about equal giving, but it's about equal sacrifice. Uh, but we keep saying it because I think it's important for people to recognize that no matter how big or large your contribution, the sacrifice you make is what God sees. That's right. And that's what actually builds faith. That's what actually builds communities. And so we are incredibly grateful that people do that. We all have a different part to play but it's the spirit of community that's so powerful and really makes a difference. That's right. So it's an exciting Sunday. It's the one Sunday in the year when we bring our commitments before the Lord for the following 12 months. And then have soup. And then have soup. And, you know, last year... I'm anticipating year, or anything. Last year you guys gave so well. Not only did we meet our goal for Vision Builders, but we actually exceeded it. How good is that? Well done. And you'll see a little bit more of that later, of exactly what that was. But in the year where living costs have risen dramatically, as Chris has just pointed out, that's actually an incredibly encouraging result. So well done. So now it's time to consider what do we give for 2023-24. And you might want to give a one-off commitment or, a pl or pledge a certain amount for the week or... Maybe you want to put in an amount for the whole year. I believe I've heard from God what, what people are going to give. Mm. Heaps. Heaps. That's what he said to me, heaps. Put in heaps. Anyway, however you choose to do it, you need to remember one important thing, that we're all working towards the same goal, whatever you decide to contribute. So we're going to give you some time to think shortly about what you want to do. But first of all, we want to hear from Lars Halverson, the Australian Director for C3. Lars and Megan, you would know we often pray for them. They're from C3 Darwin. So let's have a look at this short video right now from Lars. One of the questions I've been thinking about is what does C3 Australia look like in 10 years' time? And when I close my eyes and pray and think about what C3 Australia looks like, I see life-giving churches within reach of every Australian. What does it mean to be a life-giving church? I want to read a scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45. It says, So it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being, the last Adam a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. This is a great contrast between the first Adam and the second Adam, obviously Jesus. The first Adam was a living being. The second Adam 
a life-giving spirit. And I believe that if the head of the church, Christ, is a life-giving spirit, then our churches, being the body of Christ, should be life-giving churches. The difference between being a living being and a life-giving spirit in this scripture is, is so profound. And I don't know about you, but one of the greatest compliments I think we've ever received in our church is when somebody comes along and says, oh, wow, your church is alive. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's amazing. We've got an alive church. But when you look at this scripture, the, the first Adam was a living being. The second Adam is a life-giving spirit. And I began to think, what does it look like for our church, not just be an alive church, but to be a life-giving church? And the difference between being a living being and being life-giving is quite profound and certainly much more than what we can unpack in this short video. But I think the first and most important thing is that a living being can die, but a life-giving spirit is eternal. And I believe the type of church that, that Jesus sees for, for this earth, and Jesus says, I will build my church. The type of church that he sees as being is a life-giving church, not just a, a church that's that comes alive from time to time, but a, a, a church that is perpetually life-giving to this world that is in such need of life and light. That's a great message for the future of our church. And I'm going to reference that a, a bit later on. Um, but as part of this idea of, of life-giving is what comes into what, what we call our vision builders. And so vision builders is something which, uh, and I don't know whether you caught Lars's reference there from the, from the temporal to the eternal, is something that we can do which will last beyond us. It might be just, it's an annual giving program. So we, we tend to look at it as something that goes from year to year. But that yearly cycle that we do enables us, for instance, to continue the lease of our ministry centre. It enables us to save for the deposit for our own building. It enables us to support and to reach out to other communities that we've partnered with here locally and also internationally. So the heart of Vision Builders is all about coming together with a generous spirit. And of course, it's not about equal giving. It's about equal sacrifice. And that's our natural response, or it should be our natural response, to what God's done for us. To not only have a place where people can come and find hope, find community, and find family, but also what we can do for those around us out of that. It's about the heart of God working through us to be a generous community and a life-giving church. Without the support of all of you, we would not have a place where we can gather to worship or a place where we can gather after the service to have a coffee, to chat and to do life together. So it's about what we can do when we come together to support our local women's shelter and the families that are in there that are experiencing domestic violence. It's about supporting the Hutt Street Centre, which aims to end homelessness by providing meals, social services, showers, healthcare, training and employment programs to people experiencing homelessness. It's about what we can do to change lives overseas in Fiji by building safe housing for poor families in flood-prone areas. This enables us to help them reach their local community and their local people. And you might know that for the last three years, we've been unable to go to Fiji because of COVID. But this year, guess what? We returned. We built and we achieved what we set out to do. There is a family over there that is now being lifted out of poverty is a sign of hope 
for their local community. And it's boosted their faith. And the, it, it spreads in communities. So that, that's one of the, the great things that we've already achieved this year. Our vision builder strategy, as we've stated, enables us as a church to achieve so many different things. So what I'm going to do now, who, who likes nuts and bolts? Who, who, likes, who likes to ignore that stuff? You, you can go to sleep just for a couple of minutes. No, that, stay awake because I'm going to invite Mason up here to talk us through some of the financial details to give us a better understanding of the nuts and bolts of our Vision Builders journey. Thank you, Mason. Give him a hand. Come on. Thank you. Hopefully this is... Oh, yeah, sit down. Uh, hopefully you don't need a pillow and because it's not going to be that boring that you're going to fall asleep, like Pastor Chris mentioned. Uh, I, I'm here in my capacity as a board member and representing the board and our leadership team. Uh, and what we wanted to do this year is to provide uh, more uh, deeper insight or understanding, kind of present the the high-level numbers about what is behind Vision Builders and where the, I guess, the distribution of funds goes and uh, increase transparency, not in a response to any questions or concerns, but just as a proactive step to give the information, particularly for those that are detail-oriented and are going to love the next two minutes and not fall asleep. Uh, so uh, just briefly through a few slides. So if this represents your work life uh, Monday to Friday and, and you, you, you fall asleep during the financial reports, uh, this will be hopefully a bit more interesting. So in terms of our annual contributions, uh, Pastor Vicky mentioned before that we exceeded the contributions. And what we've done here is just a, it's an, an indicative trend line of giving across the last 20 years or so towards uh, Vision Builders. And previously it was Rise and Build or Building Fund. Uh, so the number uh, we... Uh, have had this year in terms of contributions uh, was $61,093. And uh, on the uh, on the slide, we, we see we had $55,500 pledged. And so we've exceeded that number, which is amazing. Because fairly typically, uh, when we share with other churches and um, in, in my background, living in Sydney for a period and New Zealand before that, when we have... Uh, giving or vision builders or building funds, uh, the pledge to giving ratio is often 50 to 70%, uh, maybe 80% if you're doing well. So uh, I think you should be applauded that we have an amazingly generous community here at C3 Norwood. So uh, well done to everybody involved. Some of the numbers, the uh, the budget or the projections that we had for the last financial year, uh, we have the single future fund, which is about the uh, deposit for a future building, and I'll get into those numbers uh, shortly. Uh, so we we projected ten thousand for that, uh, thirty thousand for the ministry centre lease, uh, the house, the Fiji house builder of ten thousand, Hut Street Centre of two thousand, women's shelter two thousand, and emergency giving fund of 2000, which covers uh, emergencies, natural disasters, uh, things that we just want to keep it a little bit there for just in case uh, we need to support uh, somebody or a church or a community uh, somewhere in need. Now, these were uh, the numbers that we, based off the, the pledges, we, we put out as a budget and projection for the year. 
uh, what it actually looked like, and I've just pulled out a few highlights in terms of just to update some of these numbers, is the future fund, we were able to, uh, as a board, make some kind of pivot during the year between, we have two two budgets essentially, uh, general church expenses and uh, vision builders. So we keep those two, two things as separate as possible. In terms of what you pledge to vision builders stays in vision builders. Uh, what is in uh, the general expenses and the general accounts of the church, we uh, we keep we keep there. Uh, but what we were able to do this year is the uh, our general budget was in a healthy position. We were able to cover the lease of the ministry center across the road, so that enabled us to uh, pivot and and switch the vision builders budget to put more to the future deposit. So instead of ten thousand. Uh, what we aspire to is have as much of vision builders as possible to the future fund. Uh, so we're able to put $40,000 uh, towards the deposit of our future building. So the ministry center lease was covered by a general budget, uh, which is an amazing accomplishment. Uh, and we are aspiring to continue to do that if possible or where possible in the current and the future uh, financial year. Or current now, but two days into it. Uh, now, Hub Street Center, this is a great story. We budgeted $2,000, but our total contributions across the year were uh, 5800 uh, made up of a few different components. So we committed that we would support Hut Street Center um, in terms of the homeless community in Adelaide, uh, with them just being across the parklands from where we are here. Uh, so walk a mile, our community, our team, uh, that support a walk a mile through their individual fundraising efforts. Uh, our our team and our group collectively uh, raised two thousand eight hundred dollars outside of all church budget vision builders. Just this is additional bonus on top. The Christmas fundraiser, uh, the Christmas uh, fundraising that Hut Street Santa did. Uh, we our church. Uh, we uh, essentially giving match or donor match um, what we raised. Uh, in Christmas time for that. So we had a $1,000 offering uh, and uh, added $1,000 from Vision Builders to giving match that. So an extra 2000 And the angel program from Heart Street Sander, which we're about to uh, give to mention a few weeks ago, is the opportunity for uh, six people, three groups of two. Uh, so if you're interested, please uh, do come speak to me afterwards to volunteer uh, in the Hut Street Center to serve uh, hot breakfasts and hot lunch. Um, so you, there's a choice and, and we can tee up the time and date that suits. So the final $1,000 from our contribution to Hut Street Center is going to the Angel Program. So in total, that comes out uh, from us starting from uh, the 1st of July last year as our first step to support Hut Street Center, $5,800 in the last 12 months. So... Uh, well done to everybody who was involved in the Walk a Mile, uh, who gave at Christmas, uh, and just thank you generally for everyone who contributed to Vision Builders to support Hut uh, Street Center and the other programs as well. So in terms of planning for the, uh, the this financial year that we're in, uh, so obviously we, as mentioned, we want to support the Future Fund and build the deposit for our future building for C3 Norwood, if possible. If the budget stays in the same kind of position, 
uh, is regularly giving uh, keeps keeps going. And obviously, we're also planning that we we understand that there um, can be tough economic times and cost of living is going up, and and these things can flex and pivot through the financial year. So I've put a, a line through the Ministry of Central East that's uh, if we if possible we would like to uh, keep that away from vision builders, but we're also saying committing that uh, possibly that might be a reality. Fiji house build, uh, as Chris mentioned before, uh, first time in three years our team went recently. Uh, that we're still in discussions about whether that will happen in. Uh, this financial or next calendar year, or whether it might uh, just move slightly another few months past that uh, because we have global conference happening uh, next year in Singapore in May. Uh, so that might just, we just want to be diligent in the planning and who might attend one or both and, and allow for travel expenses. Uh, Hutt Street Centre uh, will ki- the, uh, continue um, from Vision Builders around the same numbers uh, for Women's Shelter and Emergency Giving Fund as well, plus Walk a Mile and other contributions. So in terms of our future fund progress, this is where we are at uh, currently. $528,000. Uh, and and that's spread across uh, some term deposits and, and uh, just savings accounts. Um, so this is our future fund for a deposit for a building for... C3 Nord, which is pretty exciting. Uh, it sounds like a, a good chunk of money. It, it is. If you're looking to put a deposit on a house, $528,000 would, would get you a, a nice house. Uh, but what we are talking about is for a community, uh, we're talking about commercial property, uh, there are extra requirements around uh, a deposit for a future building. Excuse me. So on the next slide, we've got just some basic things that we are considering, and we just want to present this information to you in terms of what we're looking at for a future building. Circa five-year time frame. That's kind of a, a goal that we would ideally like to uh, lock in a building. And an estimated purchase price in this in the eastern suburbs of Adelaide for a warehouse, something bare bones, something that maybe an old church or something that we could use. Uh, where that has car parking, that's a huge requirement, particularly if there's a change of use. Uh, we can use this facility here because uh, it's been here for 100 years, 80, 80 100 years, uh, and we are just part of uh, a number of community groups that use this hall. Uh, so we're able to use this facility. But some of the requirements, we need a certain number of car parks for the size of the building and the size of the congregation we would have. Uh, when you come to commercial loans uh, to finance the, the rest of the building, it's not a 25 or 30-year mortgage. So we need a higher ability to service the loan and higher payments because it's a uh, it would be a 10-year period that we would be aiming for. So while uh, 528000 is a good, healthy number, and we're talking about a $2 million property for shorter uh, loan term and higher payments, uh, we want to make sure that, uh, and, and what what uh, Carmen and I in particular appreciate about our leadership of Chris and Vicky is we're not going to overstretch and be unwise in the future decisions we make. Uh, we've heard too many stories of uh, teams 
or, or churches that have overstretched and it's been uh, caused significant issues financially for, for years or, or even uh, broader than that. So we're looking to be wise in, in what we're doing. Uh, that's why we want to present the numbers to you, let you know where we're up to, what we're aiming for, and what is ahead in the next circa five years. So that is the business update. If uh, you uh, aren't particularly into numbers, you can wake up now, and we will continue with the rest of the service. And we head back to our pastors. Thanks, Nathan. That was good. I didn't even feel sleepy. Hopefully nobody did. It's interesting to see, though, isn't it, where things are going and where our planning is at. I think it's good for you to be able to see visually. So thank you again for that, Nathan. That was really, really excellent. Um, So here we are. This is our place here. This is where we gather for now. And from here, we go out, as we've said. And it's really important that as we're a small community, that we continue to build God's house right here and maintain and expand our presence as we go out from this place with an even greater reach. It's also about, for us, as Nathan alluded to, leaving a legacy and a heritage for those who are to come after us. Because who knows, we're not going to be here forever. Us. I know. I know it's sad. Hang on. I know, but... That wasn't you know, part of the deal. I know we only turned 35 yesterday, but, you know... Um, I can't do that anymore. My daughter's older than that. Um, hey, um, I don't think we're supposed to say that. Oh. They get upset now. It's not just us. <laughs> so our response to all of this is to pray and to listen and in faith to make a pledge for the next 12 months. But it's not just about the pledge and the finances. It's actually about our commitment as a church to go beyond because Jesus loves people. And through vision builders, we're able to be life-giving. See what we've done there? Life-giving. Yeah. And we can see more and more lives change through our giving right here. So we're called to go and make disciples and to see lives change for eternity. And Vision Builders is just one way that we can do that it is. as a community. It is. Because uh, I mean, giving is actually an act of righteousness. We cannot, if we are serious about our faith, give to get. We give because we love. True. And when love exists in our heart, giving will always be part of it. Because after all, it's part of the heart of God. So right now... We're going to give you some time to consider what you feel God is placing on your heart. It's not about the commitment or the commitment form. It's about the heart behind what you bring. But speaking of the commitment form, um, I know we gave them out last week, but I know they're easy to, to lose and sometimes the kids tear them up. If you need a commitment form because somebody, not you of course, but somebody else has ruined the one that you took last week, can you put your hand up? Morella will come around and, and get you one um, because we know that these things happen. Yeah. Dogs, all sorts of things um, can get in the way. And so in a moment or two, we're actually going to ask you to bring your commitment forward. We're going to ask you to place them in some baskets that we're going to have out the front. We're going to pray over those. But for the moment, can we ask you just to take a few minutes to carefully 
consider your commitment, fill in one of those cards you, you were given this week or last week, uh, and listen to God. Now, this, I mean, this is a great time to give, but if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I don't know what, I can't do it today. I, you've forced me to make a decision and now I'm all uptight and I can't do it. Um, take it away. We, we will be giving people the opportunity to give uh, all this month. Um, but we, we just, uh, the, our heart is that everybody contributes. Yep. Doesn't matter whether it's a dollar or a hundred thousand dollars. But that'd be good. It would. Um, I've been praying to God about that. And he said, dream on. Uh, you don't have it. And that's the important thing. Don't give what you don't have. You know, it, it's great to, to listen to what God is saying. But sometimes God says, you know, back off sport. You, you're, you, you're, you're not listening to me. You're, you're trying to do something you're not capable of doing. So think soberly. And, don't, and also don't forget, this is, this, is a, this is a commitment to God. This is not a commitment to Vicky or to me or to the church. That you are allowed to change your mind if circumstances change. There is no judgment on, on how things change. Putting down a pledge or a commitment is not a death sentence. It's not like you've signed your life away and we're coming after you with the, the guys who break knees uh, if you don't fulfill it. We tried that one year, didn't work. Um, well, I mean, I mean, last year we went over our pledges anyway. Yeah, so there's probably no need. Probably uh, no need to say any of that. <laughs> but we just want to assure you that you need to listen to God on this. Um, and if he's not speaking to you this morning, keep praying. Yeah. But uh, if, if you can do it, that would be really great because we can now then pray over you as you give and pray over the offering at the end. So let's just take a little time to think about that. Has everybody had enough time? You're not going to admit if you haven't. Uh, so anyway, uh, can I ask you to take your pledges in your hand and let's just stand. Before we come forward, I want to pray a blessing over everybody here this morning. So let's just bow our heads, lift our hands if you feel comfortable. Jesus, we thank you for this incredible moment that we have to share in the good news. We bring our treasure to you because we love you. We bring it in faith and we bring it in trust and hope. And we thank you for your miracle working hand. Lord, I pray right now that your grace will be on every person making a commitment. We thank you that everyone is important and none of us are as good as all of us together. This is not about our equal giving, but about equal sacrifice. We ask you to bless your people, Lord. Bless their lives, their marriages, their children, their study, their jobs, everything that they do. We pray that there'll be an anointing on every person who gives. We believe in you and we believe that love is what changes the world and love is expressed so tangibly when people give like they're about to do right now. So Father, we pray that you bless us all in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. So how this is going to work, we're actually going to uh, get Carmen and Nathan to help us. There are two, two baskets here, one at the end of each of the aisles. Um, we're going to get Carmen and Nathan to stand over at that one and Vicky and I will stand at this one and uh, we're going to ask you to come from the front 
um, and just perhaps form a, a row down one side of that so that there's a gap for people to move back as, as we go forward. And just come forward. We will just quickly pray over you as you drop your commitment into the uh, basket. So thank you. Come forward. Chris and I can't overstate the gratitude that we have for every contribution today for the future for this church. That's right. We want to thank you for the love and commitment that you've shown today. And if it wasn't time for you this morning, if you need more time to consider, we want you to take that time, as Chris said, over the next couple of weeks to consider how you might be able to participate. But we thank you again. Yeah. Okay, you can actually sit down. Thank you, George. Or you can stay there if you want to. Um, I know that you've just given, and it seems perhaps a bit rude that I should subject you to a message um, after you've sacrificed so much already. Um, but I think it's important that we we actually finish with the Word of God. We finish, I, I actually want to sort of reference the video we saw earlier uh, with Pastor Lars and how he has a, this vision for life-giving churches within reach of every Australian. And he, he read this scripture, and this is a slightly different version, but he illustrated that vision with 1 Corinthians 15:45 where the scripture tells us the first man, Adam, became a living person, but the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. What comes first is the natural body, then the spiritual body comes later. And so this morning, I want to quickly focus on two important lessons we can take from that video and that scripture. And the first is that there are seasons in church life. C3 churches, and indeed our C3 church, have been life-giving churches before this point. But what Lars is actually telling us is that we're entering a season where we're going to make a particular focus of this in our church life. And we're not entering this season blindly. This is not something that... Is, that this is not the first time we've heard of it. This video hasn't just appeared out of the blue. It might have to some of us, but um, th this is something that's actually been building. We're not going into this season blindly. We're already beginning to set things in motion. We are looking to expand our ministry capacity and strengthen our church into 2024 and beyond. And we've already started doing that. The first thing we've done, we've been pulling together a group of what I call our fledgling youth. And we've been putting them under the watchful eye of Aaron and Bailey Seymour to work out a functioning youth group in 2024 and beyond. Now, we announced this back in I Love My Church Sunday, which back in February. And I, I just want to report that that is actually going really, really, really well. The next generation is champing at the bit to take over from us fogies and, and to, to bring new life into our church, which is great. And I'm also delighted to announce today, right here and now, that on July the 16th, so in two weeks' time, we will be for the first time in our church history, be ordaining some new pastors. No? 
Carmen and Mason down here will be ordained as our assistant pastors on that Sunday, so save the date. Uh, that is a, a milestone, I think, in moving forward um, as a church. So invite your friends along, family. It's going to be a great Sunday. The second lesson I want to talk about, in, the, in 1 Corinthians 15.45, it says, The last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. And Lars pointed out that we needed to be a church that is perpetually life-giving to this world that is in such need of life and light. And we're working to do that in so many different ways over the, last, or over the next 12 months. But with respect to what we've done today with Vision Builders, our Beyond initiatives with the Women's Shelter, the Hutt Street Centre and the churches in Fiji are just one of the ways that we do that. And here at C3 Norwood, we want to continue to be a life-giving church no matter what season we're in. And I know for some of us, the season we're in right now might not be our favourite place. But let's take heart. Because who knows that... Who has a favourite season? Whose is winter? But winter is necessary. Now, I'm not a gardener, so... To me, winter is just that time of the year where it gets really cold. But Vicky and her sister and her mother are all keen gardeners. And to them, winter is a time where you dig up all those bulbs and divide them and rest them ready to plant in spring, where you start clearing out garden beds and turning the soil so that they're ready to replant stuff. It's time when you, you work out you know, what you can repeat from last year that's going to flourish and what you need to toss and burn on the, on the bonfire. That's another thing. That's one thing I like about winter. Um, and so, you know, what, whatever season we're in, there's always a purpose behind that season. Sometimes, like me, with winter, I don't see it because I'm not a gardener. But when it comes to seasons in life, there's always a lesson in it from God. And we actually have to take the time to see what that lesson is. It might not be our favorite place, but there's always something that God's got planned and there's always something he wants us to do. And I think that you know, it's great that we have vision builders in the middle of, of that season of winter, uh, even though it's a physical season, because it's a reminder to us that we are planting something here which is going to bear fruit, which is going to grow in another season, which is obviously not today. And so I just want to encourage us. Let's take heart from the book of Galatians in chapter 6, verse 9. It says, Look, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So, as we come to a close, I just want to issue that invitation. We're called to be a life-giving church. And we're called to follow that life-giving spirit, Jesus And if we haven't been introduced to Jesus, we can't be a life-giving person. You know, we're all born of Adam. We're all gifted with life. But only a relationship with Jesus gifts us with the ability to be life-giving. And so, if you're here this morning, you've never given your life to Jesus, or if you're here and you know that you've taken it back, you're alive, but you're not life-giving. I want to offer you this opportunity this morning to actually take that on board 
to come before Jesus and say, I want you to be Lord of my life. I want to be a life-giving person once more. And if that's you this morning, can I encourage you after the service, I will be down here at the foot of the altar and I'd love to pray a prayer with you to invite Jesus into your heart or back into your heart so that you can become again connected to God and a life-giving person.